planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week. We're here in the last week of September. God, where does the time go? Uh, Last week was our last week of summer, and I can tell you fall is in the air. I got up this morning, and it was a little chilly. Uh, You know, I know our our guest today is on, 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 on we do it by Fahrenheit, but it was just about 40 degrees, about 8 degrees above freezing. That's a little early for us here. But nonetheless, it, you know, it's a good thing. Fall signals change. And as we know here at Sustainable Success, change is good. We embrace change. And why do we embrace change? We embrace change knowing that that when we focus on the process and, you know, not tie ourselves to the outcome, we're able to now see the challenges and the changes as something that we're growing and allowing us to become bigger and better than we were before. If you are new to Sustainable Success, you found us here at the Voice America Business Channel. And we want to welcome any new listeners that we have here. And again, if you have been here, you can also follow us on uh, Apple, also Spotify, and uh, also on iHeart, and our Facebook uh, radio page called Sustainable Success 2017. And there we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help elevate your business and level success to the next level. Today's show is being brought to you today by Global Awakening Events. That's Global Awakening Events. Uh, Their event is taking place on February 29th to March 3rd, uh, 2024. That is going to be in Miami, Florida. And this is what they call a Global Awakening Trinity Summit, VIP Gala and Yacht Mastermind. This is going to be bringing in thought leaders and, and subject matter experts around the globe sharing their words of wisdom and insights from uh, over a four-day period, helping you to leave this event with actionable items to change different aspects in your business and your personal life. If you'd like some more information about the event, feel free to check them out at globalawakeningevents.com. There's also sponsorship opportunities if you're looking to leverage your brand, not only to the thought leaders and subject matter experts that will be in attendance sharing, but also for the audience. This event brings in people from all around the world. And again, check them out at globalawakeningevents.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the future of organizational change. Now, again, we love change here at Sustainable Success. And we're going to be with John Freeman, comes all the way from the UK. John is a certified master trainer and thought leader in the Graves Development Theory, also known as Spiral Dynamics, and a deep change master trainer in emotional and spiritual intelligence. His extensive training experience in facilitating values-based cultural change, coaching, and mentoring make him a true expert in his field. He has authored three highly acclaimed books on various aspects of human futures and has made significant contributions to other publications. John was the founding director of the UK chapter of the Conscious Capitalism, movement and founding member of the UK Values Alliance. He has over three decades of experience working with renowned organizations such as the BAA, Vodafone, O2, Philips, Shell, Danska Bank, either independently or more recently as a director of Future Considerations Consultancy. 
And without further ado, we welcome John Freeman to the show. John, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Very good, and uh, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're so pleasured that you're taking the time to be with us here. I know with you know our show airs here at three to four o'clock East Coast time, and this is during your evening hours. And we want to thank you again for being here, John. If we can talk a little bit about, I guess, about organal, you know, just organizational change, what that is right now. Where, where, where was it? Where are we now? And where do you see it heading into the future? Okay. Great question. Great place to start. So the theories that I work with, and particularly from Spiral Dynamics, what that tells us is that we change, human beings change as our life conditions change. So we evolve kind of socially and psychologically to adapt. And that's pretty crucial right now because the conditions that we're in they're changing faster than ever before. Lots of people will have heard of, of the acronym VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, yeah. ambiguous. And that's what we're in the middle of. And it's it's getting more and more intense kind of day by day. And we're also seeing the effects of that in what actually shows up in the world, whether that's kind of climate change is the one people are most aware of, but ecological change financial instability we went went through in 2008 and you know that's still uh the instability underneath still sits there so those conditions are still present for us and so in order to adapt to that we have to make some fairly significant shifts the way we've been in the past we've had a lot of mindsets that we adopted they were really good for the time they came along with kind of the dawn of the industrial revolution or maybe the you know the adv advent of psychology and lots of the things that have come over the um you know the past 50 60 years like nlp lots of things mm. that we have you know great tool sets that people will be aware of but at the same time a lot of those things hang around when they're maybe past their sell-by date because they no longer fit the conditions we're moving into. So the conditions we're moving into because of that kind of VUCA nature of it, they demand us to be in a new space of agility and kind of nimble thinking, uh, loosening our mindsets. There's a lot of stuff that we may have thought was reliable stops being reliable or it might be good today but it might not be good tomorrow and so we have to make some shifts around okay what is it that we may need to let go of out of our past thinking and um, what is it that we have to do internally to make ourselves more adaptable adaptable and then going back to your actual question what does that mean for the way we build our organizations in the way that we operate them. Mm, really like that. And, you know, uh, you know, I know change is never an easy thing. And I mean, it's usually, you know, most time human beings have a natural tendency of resisting change instead of embracing it. It's got, I know it took me personally a, a long time to figure that out. And then when I did in my early thirties and really looked at changes as a good thing is something you embrace 
challenges, embrace obstacles, knowing that that change is going to take me to a better place. What would you recommend, like if if, if organizations, you know, it, it's not that they have to do all these things at once. I mean, they can they can start with you know in, in smaller doses of doing things. And would that be something that you see as best? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can't do it all at once. And even, you know, if you read, as I do sometimes, management books that are give examples of the companies that have made those big changes, sometimes they don't tell you the full story about the maybe 10, 15, 20 years that some of those changes took place when you're looking at those um, inspirational examples. So the keys are in, um, I mean, you do a little bit at the time, you might look at, um, you know, what's the, what are the places where we can make small adjustments, where we can do our experiments, where we can um, learn our way of uh, being with, with a, a change agenda. And um, having a sense of what's, what's the direction we're we're trying to move in and the way i would frame that direction and the way that i see it working in organizations that are doing this well and successfully is that there's some reduction of uh, what used to be structures and hierarchies and processes because processes were typically you know they weren't nimble and they weren't adaptive and there are some shifts gradually away from a purely kind of top-down process of management towards something which builds from uh, from the bottom up so let, let me talk a little bit maybe about why i talk about bottom up yeah and please I, do. so uh, sometimes when i'm presenting this visually i flash up a picture of a sunflower and what people know about sunflowers is that sunflowers have this capacity to turn to follow the movement of the sun. And actually all, all plants have this, but we're, we notice it with sunflowers. And then I say, where's its brain? And if you sit with that question for a minute and recognize, well, it doesn't have a brain, what it has is it has some form of intelligence that that inhabits the entire organism and so this is a actually quite a deep and important lesson about nature and our relationship with nature and uh, i won't go into that right away but what it says about our organizations is well we maybe need to discover more about where is the intelligence in our organizations and there was a time when it was fairly effective to think that, oh, well, we have smart people at the top and we have a C-suite and they know what's got to be done and they understand everything and they can make decisions. The trouble is when things are going faster, the information about the change is actually seen by the people who are closer to the, close to the customer, close to the coalface, closer to the whatever the life conditions are that affect the organization, it's seen as as much or more from the base of the organization or from the entire spread of the organization. And so what kind of shifts does it take for us to 
create organizations which can then allow that or that intelligence which inhabits all those corners of the organization what do we do to allow that to come into um into greater expression so so that we make it an intelligent organization mm. i like that i like that a lot and you know when you look at you know or, you know change you know obviously you know a lot of times people might say you know the change has got to come from the top or you know the company's got to you know begin but a lot of times people we don't look at the individual level like it does it does it that would it happen at the individual level regardless of who's initiating the change well everybody has some knowledge some understanding yeah. of what's going on and one of the one of the big shifts even over my lifetime in corporations is that a lot of the technical expertise was at the top but for yeah. instance if you look at it like it has spread through the organization so that the knowledge of what what needs to be understood technically is widespread and if you look at other organizations i mean i you know i i was on a call this morning with uh, with an oil company and the amount of expertise and technical expertise and the spread of it and the diversity and the different ways of of thinking that people are bringing into the mix there is far too much understanding for anybody at the top to be able to carry all of that knowledge it's just not possible so the shift that we're talking about here is one which has to also reflect that sense that well the expertise is all over and that doesn't mean it's only I'm only talking about technical people because you can have people who are doing a customer service function. They're the ones who actually hear what the customers say about the product or the system they're interacting with. They're the ones who actually have the direct experience. So, you know, what does it take for that knowledge, that awareness of the company's environment to filter and permeate through the whole? Mm -hmm yeah no great great point and like you know and what do you see like you know the you know with you know with certain industries are there certain industries that you're seeing that you know are making more of a push towards organizational change more than others when it comes to you know what you see in the future or what's happening now going into the future um well, there are certain areas, I mean, you know, having spoken about an oil company, clearly there's yeah. a very specific pressure and they are talking about their transformation agenda because they know they're not just an oil company, which is what they're seen to be, but they're moving towards being an, an energy, energy company. Yeah, like and an so, energy, absolutely. So that is huge and that's that's pushed quite hard on them. But I would also say that... Every company I have come across is affected in some way by the shift in conditions. Customer expectations have changed. The levels of service that people are demanding have changed. The way they, you know, what people have learned from interacting with, you know, Spotify or Amazon is, is that there's a possibility of a different kind of relationship and a different expectation. Other companies are responding in different ways 
to um, to the climate agenda or to other parts. You know, the the pressure, the expectations that are coming for people to be socially responsible or um, you know to adopt a different relationship with capitalism. That's quite a big, widespread pressure. Not everybody is responding to it. There's lots of companies that have you know they're they're in their tunnel vision of um kind of we're going to carry on doing what we're doing but i i see that as ultimately that could be um that could be their downfall yeah yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it i know we got about uh two and a half minutes till the um you know for to our first break anything that you wanted to kind of sum you know kind of sum up you know what you had talked about in the first segment i know you're going to you're going to have some, you know, great information to elaborate on in the second segment of the show. Anything else that from what we what you've talked about, you know, what organizational change is, where it's heading, you know, people that, you know, uh, you know, that are, you know, that are spearheading this and in, in more likely that, you know, initiate it. Anything else that you would like to share uh, what you've talked about, you know, the, you know, the main part of what you discussed here in the first session? Well, what I see in a lot of places and what, what shows up in, I mean, I'm not the only person who understands this. There's some great management books out there by other people who are seeing the same company examples and who are um, who are talking about this process of unwinding and kind of letting go of some of the rigidities of the past. And that in, that's the rigidities in processes and in organizational structure. And it's equally rigidities in our mindsets. There's a lot that we are, that we've grown up with, that we've been taught, that our educational system feeds us, that actually describes a world which isn't totally true. And um, so as we engage with this process of change, we have to get to grips with what what do we need to let go of? and uh, we have to engage with loosening our thinking and finding our new ways of being in that space. Mm. Oh, wow. Great stuff. And I know you got a lot more to share here when we come back here a little bit. So we want to encourage everybody that is listening. Again, we hope you're taking notes. So we're with John Freeman, The Future of Organizational Change. This is imperative, again, whether if you're a, a Fortune 500 company, you are maybe a, a mid-sized company, small company, even a small business, take note. There's a lot of great information here. Change is going to happen regardless if you're going to be adapting to it or not. So again, you know, we got more to come when we come right back after the break, the future of organizational change. And we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. 
you now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back, everybody. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the future of organizational change. We're here with John Freeman. He's uh, coming in all the way from the UK. Again, evening time for him as we are here on East Coast time here, mid-afternoon Thursday. Again, the show is being uh, recorded as a podcast. As always, you can listen to the show in its uh, on-demand anytime, anytime later today. We highly encourage you to check it out at the Voice America Business Channel and then also our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. John, you had shared so much great insight about what organizational change is, where where it was, where we are now, where it's heading to the future, that type of thing. Get going over a little bit about the process. We did talk about like you know change is you know start is you know starts at an individual level and then kind of works its way from there. Can we talk a little bit about? from your perspective and your knowledge and experience in this area about the personal side of change, like what we can do individually, regardless of our role and duties to be that change that can be an example and be a resource for others that we're inspiring to change as well to do what's going to be big, best overall uh, for our organizations. Yeah, I'm very happy to do that. And I maybe I can do that in a kind of, biographical way please do that that will illustrate some of my journey and what got me to be where i am and why i talk about things in particular way that i do so if we go back to kind of the time when i left university um i was really quite narrow in my thinking i totally believed in science and I was seriously getting stressed in some of the things that were happening in my personal life. And I went on a training, which I thought was going to teach me kind of relaxation and maybe some visualization and stuff. And it turned out to be more than that. So during that training, or at the end of that training, we were taken through an exercise where we would sit, there'd be three of us. And because the training was sort of focused around healing, we would be doing an exercise, we did an exercise where we were presented with the the name, the location uh, and the gender of an individual. And the job we had to do was to use the techniques we'd been learning about, which were sort of meditation and visualization processes. We were to use those intuitively to, to kind of come up with a, a picture of okay what's 
what is it that this person is suffering from? What's what's their disease? What's their condition? And that was written on a card which other people had access to, but I didn't. And so I was being guided through the process of using those internal exercises and getting nowhere. And then somebody suggested I should use a, a technique where you imagine yourself like you're inside that person as if they're, you put them on as a spacesuit. And the minute I did that, I had this kind of instant strong experience where I wanted to screw up the left hand side of my face and tilt my head. And I had the notion of there being a pain in the back of my head. And I said, does this person have a brain tumor? Now, for, that was the answer. That was what turned out to be written on the card about that person. And for me, that was an absolute jaw-dropping jaw, jaw moment because having been a rationalist, an atheist, having no real sense that I would even be capable of having an experience like that, that set me on a path which has kind of taken me to where I am today and which in, involved lots of things that I... Uh, explored and experimented with uh, around healing and around intuition. I, I taught, I came to teach that course that I'd learned, uh, learned the, that intuition process with. I even now still sometimes teach yeah. intuition, but not with them. And so what I learned was that the science that I'd been taught, having grown up as a rationalist, it didn't actually work. The material science said that what I'd just done was impossible. And so I tell that story because I want to encourage people to kind of open up their ideas of what is possible and how the world really works. And that's what I wrote in uh, about in, in some depth, that what science really has to say and where the things that science hasn't been telling us where they happen. That's what I wrote about in, in my book, The Science of Possibility. And I'm not suggesting anybody has to read that unless they're curious. Um, I think it's a great book full of lots of interesting stuff. But the point I'm really getting across is that the world doesn't work the way that I was taught it works, the way that I imagine you or your listeners were taught that it works. It operates in very much different ways. And when you start, yeah, because you've been taught to, to look at it one way, that's what you learned, and that somebody else could be looking at it a completely different way. Well, in, indeed, and some of the ways that people look, look at it, I mean, what I the story I've just told that might have lots of people thinking, "Oh, this guy's wacky. This is all woo stuff." Oh, not at all. Not, you I'm, you I'm, just I'm told not... me what's when possible. What you thought was impossible is possible. <laughs> well, good. I'm I'm really glad you kind of picked it up in 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 yeah. that way because there is so much that then begins to inhabit the reality of our personal change and how we engage with what's what's possible for me what who can i be how can i see the world how can i relate to the world what can i what's my potential influence on the world if it isn't only operating in that kind of mechanical material realm how how much more becomes possible when I can engage with it on in other dimensions? And how much more becomes possible when we start looking at solving the problems we face 
not with the same techniques or mindsets that we used in in the past. I mean, most people are probably familiar with the quote from Einstein, you can't solve problems using the the ways of thinking from which you created them. So we need new ways of thinking. And the reason I'm kind of telling a story like this is because I have spent quite a lot of time since that uh, original event discovering how many other new ways of thinking there are and how wide that opens the field of what human beings can be. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a fabulous personal story and, you know, about your journey. And I can I can really attest to that, John, because I know for myself, you know, when it, growing up, I was, again, I was a product of my 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 environment where I grew up. I, you know, I met, that was the my values of my mother, my father, and how they saw the world. And, and I was a product of that, you know, but I still had my, you know, I still knew I was, I was, you know, I had, I had my own way of looking at things, but I oftentimes would suppress it because of what I had been led to believe, you know, and I wrestled, I guess, with that, not even realizing that growing up. So just like you, I can see how all that came full circle that, that, I learned that I could trust my own intuition because I, I I've been taught not to. Yeah, so that's that's great, and of course, you know there are lots of um, successful business people who will talk about their gut feel and who will talk yeah. about using their intuition. Uh, and there is just so much more that we can we can do when we kind of deliberately develop that as part of our skill set and engage with that as a as oh, you know th this is. This is not just something which is accidental. This is something which I can uh, work with and use. Yeah, yeah. And what, like, you know, sharing your story, and I, you know, I briefly kind of mentioned mine a little bit, but, you know, mm. when you go off of your story, what do you find, like, when people are going to make this change? People have to change when they decide they're going to change. We can't, it's not like we can make somebody change. We can telling them to do it or... But if we can be the example and be a resource for them to now inspire them to change, what do you find, again, these, you know, works really best? I, I mentioned, like, from my perspective, it's being the example. If I can be the change and be resourceful about it, sharing versus telling, I'm more likely to maybe influence somebody that they can do it for themselves versus if I just try to tell them, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. What do you find that work, what is work best for you and when you see when it looks at change? at an individual level and then the impact it can have, you know, outward on other people from there? Well, I, I like the way you put that question because it actually speaks to, you know, I, I, I'm even sometimes hesitant to say what, what I think is, is good because I can't say, well, this is right for you or this is right for, uh, for somebody else. What I have learned that I think you were, in some ways uh, describing was that I kind of followed my nose uh, as I went through the, you know, things would come up and I'd think, I'd, I'd just respond, it's like, what are, you, what are you kind of drawn to? And being able to think, oh, well, maybe if I'm being drawn to that, I don't need to know why, I just need to go and see. And so a, a lot of the shift in how we think is about this kind of personally experimental mindset uh which you know some people would call learner mindset it's about being curious it's you know yeah. there, there's conventional versions of of that that maybe you've had people talk about in in 
in, in your conversations. So it's it's engaging with that space of, oh, well, maybe if I, uh, I I've just had a, a quote pop into my head and it's from Mark Twain who said, it's not what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. Yeah. And we all carry around a lot of just ain't so's. And that can be part of what cuts us off when we see something. Well, that looks interesting. And then we dismiss it because something we've been told or somewhere in our system, there's a there's a bit of a um, of a just ain't so going on. And um, so I, I really encourage people to, um, yeah, to be curious and to follow you know, we, not needing to put a big word like intuition on it, even though it probably is intuition, just but just follow your your feelings, your sense of, you know, somewhere, maybe somewhere in your body, in your gut, you'll have a sense of, oh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards this. I can feel that and just be, you know, be playful with it. So, if, if, you know, uh, I mean, I'm quite a serious person, but I'm all in favor of us being very playful with this. With, with all of this and yeah i think it may be a big secret actually to how we manage this um the the, the, the transitions that we're i i like facing. how you said that playful like like just like children are playful and you feel comfortable you know and and being you and, and and if you make a mistake you know you can you know you, you're not looked down upon so to speak where Whereas I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because they feel like, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to might view me as incompetent, might think I'm stupid or not cut out for this job. And, and then they just, again, go through the motions and play it safe. And, and then it's just the same old, same old, you know, especially in the corporate setting. Well, it is. And, and it's, it actually get it's one of the things that paralyzes people in corporations. I mean, I, I encounter this in the, you know, in, in the people I'm, talking to in, in like in the conversations i was having this morning that that people think they have to get everything right mm. and i'm I've, i i remember a, a maths teacher when i was at, at school who um got quite cross when nobody would put up their hands to answer a question and she said if if you never make a mistake you'll never make anything mm, that's and, true oh, <laughs> And so many people in corporate life, you know, the people I'm talking about in in the oil company are great examples of this. They've got where they are because they've got huge expertise, you know, and they they're brilliant at what they do, and they've built their career on knowing stuff. But the trap with that is that if you want to do something new, or if you want to get into the learner mindset, if you want to start exploring new spaces, you actually need to be willing to get things wrong and actually everybody knows that everybody makes mistakes but we don't apply that to our you know we're much more forgiving of the people than we are of ourselves in that space yeah because again it's our our ego protecting ourselves and you know mm -hmm. and and in thinking that a lot of times we feel like people are going to be looking down upon us and a lot of times it's just our minds fabricating a lot of that to be more than it really is <laughs> absolutely yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so true. I know we're, we got up, we got about, you know, three minutes left in, in the show, uh, not the show, but for this, for this segment, excuse me. 
So what I wanted to find out, you know, for, you know, and I'm sure the listeners would be too, like, is you talked about being playful, which I think is a great idea. And, you know, making people feel comfortable, making, you know, allowing them to be psychologically safe, you know, encouraging, not that you encourage people to just go out and make a mistake to make a mistake that, but, but when you make a mistake, we can learn from it. If you, if you don't, as long as you don't re- keep repeating it over and over, that's different. But if we can learn from it in, in, do, in doing that, then we can create a better environment for people to, you know, to, to come out of their comfort zones to learn and grow. Anything else that from what you shared there to kind of close out the segment that you can elaborate that can that people could do personally to, you know, project that example outward to others? Um, just to say more about that sense of an experimental mindset. Um, I, I even see this come up in research contexts where uh, I have a friend who has a T-shirt who says, well, if we did, if we knew what the outcome was, it wouldn't be research, would it? And if if you kind of apply that thinking to, well, if we're going to be experimental, we need to be willing to learn from that because actually in a sense, that's the only way that humanity has ever learned is mm. is from being willing to try things and see what works and what doesn't. And, you know, to give ourselves the freedom to apply that to our to our own lives. Yeah, that, that is so well done. And I know that is so true. Like we, you know, I know personally I've learned the best from my experiences, mistakes that I made. And you know, at the time they weren't pleasant. They weren't, you know, it, you know, I wasn't happy about it. But then when I can look back now in hindsight, it was like, God, I'm glad that happened because I had I not got, made that mistake and then learn, and even though it was painful and learned from it, I wouldn't be doing like what I'm doing today. I might have been still kind of doing what I was doing and not really living this fulfilled life or or being the leader that I always aspired to be. Yeah, so, so true. Well, I know we got a, we, we're coming up on a break here. Again, we're talking about the future of organizational change. Uh, this show, again, we is being recorded as a podcast. You can listen to it anytime on demand here later today. We encourage everybody, if you are been listening since the beginning, that you're taking a uh, couple of notes here. This is great information that John is sharing. And again, that we encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety here again later today. Because there might be something that you heard, but now when you hear it again, it really sets in and can make be a difference in something that you're doing now that could be better. So a lot of great information. More to come here when we talk about future of organizational change with John Freeman. And we'll be right back after the break. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. 
The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're talking about the future of organizational change. We're here with John Freeman. Again, if you're just joining us, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at the Voice America Business Channel, also on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Today's show, again, is being brought to you today by Global Awakened Events, uh, that or, or what it's called, in, in, in if we spell it out for you, is Global Awakening Trinity Summit. It's also a VIP gala and yacht mastermind. It's being held in Miami, Florida. From February 29th through March 3rd of next year, again, this event each year brings in thought leader experts, subject matter experts from around the world that will come in to be sharing their words of wisdom to help elevate you both in the area of personal and professional development, including business. This is a definite must-attend event in in the event if you want to rub elbows with some thought leaders that could help you wherever you are personally and your business get to the next level. If you'd like some more information, check them out at globalawakenedevents.com. That's globalawakenedevents.com. Well, I can tell you, John, you have just really delivered so much value here today, you know, talking about organizational change in terms of where it is, where it's going. You talked about how how it starts at the personal level and what we can do personally to be the change and be the example, so to speak. I guess now if we bring it back and we tie it back in at the organizational level, where do you see now, like, you know, how this process can work? I know you talked about doing this in chunks. Like I I usually use that term chunks. You're not doing everything all at once. You do it in bits and pieces over time. Can you kind of talk a little bit about, again, more about that with the, with the, you know, the process to see this change and what it can really do for not only the company and in and, and in terms of retention and production and less absenteeism, but also in how it can really help elevate them in their industry and create even better experiences with the uh, audience they serve. Right. Well, thank you. Um, big question. I guess I I can come at the question from from two angles. Sure. Uh, one is is that because I'm um, passionate about spiral dynamics and what I do with that and spiral dynamics is is filled with kind of tools and techniques for how you work with the process of organizational development um I you know I'm always delighted when people want to come and learn about the the theory and share share a little bit of my geek space 
but but it's not just geek for geek's sake it's because it's very pragmatic i mean i i really one of the reasons i really like working with it is because there are practical steps you can take and so there are there are processes built into the spiral dynamics way of looking at organizational development which involve coming at multiple angles so you have you you have to really get the framework of well what what's the business i'm really in what's the purpose of the business i'm in maybe that's changed maybe i need to reevaluate that getting a sense of um where the structures are now and how well adapted that is to what you want to do seeing where people are in the organization where where things like um where does authority lie where does power lie where does influence lie they're not necessarily in the same space so how does that show up you know there's there's a kind of a, a list of things that we could work through in order to understand the kind of layers and the different ways that the company can be broken down in order to kind of have a sense of where it will be in the future or where you want it to be for the future and out of that you might then be getting a sense of well what's what's the places where we can work where where do we get the most gain for our initial experiments um, and one of my experiences in working previously in putting in large systems in organizations was was that people would come in uh you know d the the company would adopt a program for some massive system that was going to be totally transformatory and uh because people didn't look for the low-hanging fruit when it was two week two two years into a five-year program the company would say but we can't see any results it's not getting any payback and so they cancel the prog the, the project entirely so you have to look for where is you know where are the early wins in the process whatever that may be i mean one of the difficulties in answering this question as a kind of generality is that every organization is individual so if we're looking at in at, at it as a living system which is what mm. you know i'm suggesting you actually have to come in and find out well what kind of or you know am i dealing with a, a giraffe and an elephant an elephant a fruit fly or you know what is it what kind of creature is this organization and there's there's no formula to that but there is something that people can learn about having a sense of the organization and what kind of questions to ask i mean you know w when i do consultancy i don't come in thinking i'm going to have the answers that's that's not the way to build intelligence what's what's important is to build the sense of well these are the questions you need to be asking now these are the questions you need to ask next so that it becomes a journey that the organization undertakes internally and it finds where the intelligence already is in the system there, there are ways that we can kind of check out well who may be holding particular pieces of wisdom or particular who, who may be the people who have the most insight into what the future system looks like because they have that kind of expanded mindset we we can do that and out of that you build your internal team that's going to generate 
the change and find out how to to do that so it, you know it's very much a a process if you're going to develop that idea of internal intelligence and living systems and bring it from within it has to start from within right from the get-go mm. so right that makes so it's one of those things i guess start right from the get-go and would you say that if change is going to be you know evolve and take place i i, I we, one of the key areas that we address here at sustainable success and we've covered it quite a bit is the consistency would it be important that consistency be again not everybody is going to be on the same page or like not on the same level of change some might be further ahead than others but is the consistency still going to be very important from your perspective in keeping moving that change moving forward in in some ways um i mean i would say cons consistency in in the message and the goal and what you are kind of telling people in order because you have to bring people with you that yeah. you, you said you said early that often people think that you know, people don't like change actually what there's a famous management guru called peter drucker who said peter no, drucker not, yeah and, and he he said no it's not they don't like change they don't like being changed oh there you go so yeah they don't they don't they want to change when they're ready yeah not that they like being told to change yeah yeah so so again that is part of the living systems intelligence how do you draw that out of people how do you get them engaged with the process of of kind of oh, we can see where we're going we can make a contribution to that and you also mentioned the the sense of psychological safety well yeah there is if you have change there are going to be impacts so how do you make sure that you've dealt with the potential impacts and you've you know created a, a, something which people feel safe to engage with and they're not just going to go no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my head down I'm doing what I've always done I'm not going with the change because that really feels threatening you know that that's a big thing for people in in organizations yeah. they've got a lot in, invested in their you know in their careers and you know maybe you know it relates to where they live and where their families are there's a lot at stake so you have to be able to work with with change and kind of manage that process of taking people with you and it's going to be very distinct to whoever you're working with whatever you know whatever organization it is it's it's going to have a life of its own yeah that makes sense makes sense yeah great great insights there and what about like you know you know we talked and you made some really great points there that you know people you know you got to create that environment that people you know are looking to change you know they, they they're they're encouraging themselves to change we're just we, that's why i always like to say when you can be the example and be a resource you're not telling them what to do you're you're being the example you're inspiring someone to maybe say hey maybe things could be better if i did this differently or if i looked at this differently or maybe be open to some, a new idea that i haven't been you know that i was always resistant to in, in the past so with that no that definitely makes yeah. sense the you talked about i think when when i heard you about the importance of awareness but it's not just i guess making it aware once in a while but is it something like you drip it you know constantly put it out there whether if it's verbally in writing you know, again through people's actions through their through their behavior through their attitude you know whatever like that it's constantly you're creating that awareness 
all, all of that. I mean, any kind of cultural change requires that. Yeah. And um, one of the things I think about the kind of process I'm talking about is that as people see that there, a lot of people they they know what needs to happen, and actually it's the system as it is that stops them making the change because the system was designed to do something different than what it's going to do in the future. And uh, I mean, you, you can look at this on the scale of, you know, the, the whole of our economic systems were designed to do something which doesn't fit what the future is going to be. But that is certainly true inside organizations that so people know that people have a sense of what they need to do but you can't this is where you've got to be working both with the people and what's inside and their change and with taking away the the constraints or the blockers that are actually in in the system itself and the way the company is oriented and maybe the processes which were set up in a rigid way which don't actually support customers you know there are a set of laws and rules that that cheese customers off in a big way and make them go to somebody else so that there's lots of kind of there's lots of texture to this shift that you're working both with the inside and the outside of people's environment in order to make the whole thing flow together i mean my version of sustain what you what you call sustainability i think of as flow how do we get into flow and yeah you know that that's that's the target and the nature of the conversations yeah. that you know we would be wanting to have with people yeah well i know uh john we've come we're coming near the end of the show and i can't there has been just a wealth of information you've shared and some golden nuggets here that i could attest to me personally and the listeners i'm sure feel the same way and those that will be listening later I would love to, you know, have the, you know, the listeners and those listening later, you know, how can they learn a little bit more about you, what you're up to and anything that you'd like to share with them and the best way to get in contact with you? Okay, so I have a, a website, which is www.spiralfutures.com. And so um, there's a good bit of information already there. There's, you know, some articles and references to stuff I've written before and anything that i'm doing in the way of training or events and certainly if people want to come i mean i've got a uh, an opportunity there if somebody just wants to have a 20 minute conversation to explore you know coaching or what could i do for an organization or you know for you know that kind of uh free schedule something with me um people are very very welcome to do that i really look forward to the conversations well, great. When we thank you, John. First of all, I want to thank you personally for taking time out of your evening here to be with us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And we want to encourage everybody that's listening again, reach out to John, connect with him <clears throat> on his website, spiralfutures.com, also on LinkedIn, other areas that John had mentioned. We'll also have that included in the show notes as well. And again, take advantage of this organization. So if you work for an organization, this is an opportunity to learn from someone that really understands the process, someone that is a, a you know experienced it and looks at it from a foundational level, not on a surface level. Listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. Without you, the show would not be where it's uh, today. We've been going strong now 
for almost seven years. And again, we want to thank you so much for always being here each and every week. And we are committed to bringing subject matter experts like John in each and every week to help elevate your level of success personally and in your business to the next level. Till then, everybody have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Thursday from three to four East Coast time. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.